Welcome to the Drop Doctors Podcast, your weekly dose of fantasy footy content. G'day listeners, welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors. You've got your grand finalists sorted. Amazing stuff. But we're here to talk about the real football, the fantasy football, and we're doing a keeper show today. Keep or cut, that's right, the squirrely guys who you might be deciding between at the end of your list, whether they go back in the pool, whether they make your final squad to take into draft day. We've got a couple of losers here. Um, special guest and... And Cam, Cam, how you doing? Another another Geelong prelim loss. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, distressing times down at the Cattery, mate. Especially when guys like you know the youngsters, Jordan Clark and Narkel and Deconing, they can't even get a look in. But you know, at least the team can now go back to their collective home, St Vincent's Aged Care down in Geelong, and put their feet up until bingo starts in the off season. And man, I, this is the first time I think I've ever been intro first. Even when it's just been you and me, I feel like I was second. You're always number two. Number two, no matter what. Um, but oh, I think yeah. it's it's um, a very relevant discussion, the keep or cut, because the Cats, they, they've been topping up year on year. Um, just don't want to bring in the... Don't want to rebuild Rick Cam. And, um, you know, we've been asking the question for a few years in a row now, what, what's going to happen? Waiting for the... To hit the edge of the cliff, they haven't hit it yet. Obviously, continually making the the pointy end of the season, but it feels like the inevitable is about to happen. It it feels like it, it'd just be so great to see Chris Scott just be like, "See ya." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I'd love to see it. Um, and we are joined by a very special guest. Uh, he's the co-creator of the Keeper League hashtag brand. They've been going from strength to strength over the last few years, put out a fantastic product and uh, they've been very friendly to us over the years. So I think we have a good relationship despite them, you know, stealing some players from us. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, of course, we're joined by Hef, whose team also lost in the prelim. Yeah, just a uh, giant bunch of losers tonight, aren't we? Uh, cats, uh, cat supporters, port supporters. Um, I'd like to make a witty comment about the game, but um, look, I think I went into shock after I reckon the third or fourth goal. And I just I don't actually remember anything that actually happened. So, yeah, and I just I plan to keep it that way. I reckon, but I, I will put it out there that I am severely hungover. So, um, yeah, should make for good listening tonight. I think it's it's got to be uh, humbling to ha- to have to lose uh, to to feel a loss like that and then step down even further onto the draft doctors <laughs> podcast. Uh, we don't have many guests, but but we do uh, very much appreciate you joining us uh, for this episode to talk all things keeper. And I did want to just have a little quick uh, back and forth about some keeper things, uh, a little bit of strategy. But just off the top, what, what did you get right and what did you get wrong in, in 2021? We know fantasy prognostication. We're going we're gonna to miss um, and we're going to have some hits. What, what were a couple of your wins and losses for us? Uh, get right. Um, well, not a lot, to be honest. I had a bit of a stinker of a year. Um, I had a good, I got a good year in my dynasty league, but I don't want to talk about my leagues too much. But in terms of players that I, I would have backed in at the start of the year, I, I did back in at the start of the year. Um, yeah, I got a few, few individual players right. So Jack Scrimshaw was one I was pretty big on. I wrote a, um, article for DT Talk on him and I was just berated by the, uh, the DT Talk slash traders listeners for, not being, you know, uh, classic relevant, but I was trying to angle for a draft kind of uh, article, but that's all right. But yeah, he had a good year. Um, so he was one I, I picked up. I'm not sure how we go with all the players coming back next year with Sicily, MP, Will Day can roll through there a bit. Um, so he might right. Taron Thomas was one I, I picked up. Well, you know, I, I talked up in the preseason. I just thought North would have to have, like do something with him this year. So he was one I was big on. And another one that was all right was Justin McInerney. Um, didn't go huge. I think he averaged 69, which is very on brand for this podcast. But uh, look, he just showed a few signs. Um, I think he turned up a couple of times as well. A top score of 119, I think, in there. And I think he's a breakout contender for the next season. So, you know, just one that's for the for the keeper leagues. And when you're digging a bit deeper, I like Justin McInerney this season as well. So they're three I'd, I'd claim is getting right, I guess. Wrong. Um, geez, Nick Caulfield, um, Dame, Damon Greaves, I was pretty big on. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, Sorry. What happened to him recently, Hef? Got delisted, yeah. So, oh, did he? Yeah, no, no contract offered at Hawthorne. So he was, he was a funny one because, like, 
he's like I'm I'm big on not getting sucked into players on three games, but it was that. 90-plus disposal efficiency. He was just using the ball. He was like a rocket coming off halfback. I was like, this guy's actually got some game. I don't have to worry about this kind of small sample size. Then I reckon I watched a trial, like, the start of the next season, so start of this year, and he just could not hit a target. And it's just like he got monstered, like, on Space Jam. Just sucked all his talent. So, yeah. Um, Nick Blakey was another one I was big on, too. And I wasn't expecting big things. Like, I was just saying, like, a 70 average, Nick Blakey, as a forward. Please do that for me if you're playing on the wing. But, uh, nah, it just wasn't to be. So, yeah, got some right, got some wrong, but that's fantasy, isn't it? Yeah, it absolutely is. And I always think, um, like, one of the things, I, I'm, I'm not across the rookies very well. Like, uh, you know, in your redraft leagues, it, it's one thing I'm not particularly good at. And I always look at the guys who, who tend to have a fantasy pedigree coming out, and sometimes they hit and it's, and it's all gravy, but sometimes they play less than five games in their career. <laughs> Um, what, what are the, is there any indicators you've picked up across, um, your last few years, obviously doing the show, I, I would say we, we've got better at fantasy doing the show. Um, is there anything you've sort of, that's, that's stuck out that would indicate someone's going to hang around or, or not? Uh, it's, it's hard. It's a bit of a raffle. Don't be wrong. I do find that when you do chase players, uh, coming up from the juniors or, you know, in the state leagues as well that are genuinely good fantasy scorers, you've got a better strike rate than, I guess, someone who isn't, obviously. Um, but I think more specifically, I think when you're looking at players, it's all about where they get drafted to, really. Um, does he fit a need for that side? Um, and yeah, whether there's a potential of debuting early, um, and getting a spot. So yeah. Obviously, there's certain like types of players as well you can kind of pick up on. Like, so you're running kind of halfback flankers and your wingers, or a lot of it seems like a lot of wingers come in and play on halfback flanks and things like that and score okay. Um, I said Will Day before, but he was one I was real big on um, a couple of years ago when he came on. Um, so yeah, and then you know power this year, I think we'll, a lot of people were pretty sold on him, and he did start pretty well. He did taper off towards the end. So yeah, you can you can use him as a fair guide, but like you said, there's no guarantees, but. You're better off going after those uh, those rookies that have shown some fantasy pedigree rather than the ones you haven't. That's for sure. As I was sort of talked about, that you, you, your whole hashtag brand has really gone strength to strength. It was, it was about four years you guys been running. Is that sort of uh, this, this is our third season? Third season. So yeah. What's what's what's? Uh, I always think you guys are doing a pretty good job, and, and some of the things you put behind the paywall are, are really good. <laughs> um, you have a lot of fun with that, but they're, they're valuable tools. So. I think that's that's a good thing. What do you guys got in store for next year? Is there anything anything special or that's under wraps? Uh, nothing at the moment. I haven't thought about it too much uh, just yet because I guess this season's still going. So we will step up the um, like this year. This year we kind of with all the data analysis stuff. Do for any of your listeners that don't um, that don't listen to us or haven't been to our website, we do have we have like a bonus resource section for our members now. It's not, we don't claim it to be like a premium statistics kind of resource tool. It's more about just giving back to those listeners who decide to support us financially, I guess, um, and help us improve the pod in that way. But essentially it's stuff you can just find most, most places on the internet. It's just organized into a nice way of actually being able to read the data and look at it. For example, um, our breakout tracker where you can c- compare the, uh, the top, um, sorry, the, any player that's played under a hundred games to the top players in the comp at the same point in their careers. So like you can find fantasy stats, you know, willy-nilly on the net it's just the way we organize them that kind of differs but uh we'll keep going with the um, we really picked up on the cba analysis and the um the kick-in analysis so trends over weeks and things like that um ups and downs um and then like you know uh, last three averages compared to the season and stuff like that to help you kind of spot those trends a little bit better um so we'll keep going with that um we in terms of just like um uh, I don't know, like cosmetic type of stuff. We'll bring it. We'll be stepping up the video content and streaming and stuff like that next season. But yeah, nah, nothing, nothing major just yet. But I haven't had a big think about it. That's all. <laughs> it all takes time. But, um, Definitely, pretty exciting stuff. And if you keep a player, absolutely support the boys over there. Probably just the last couple of things before we hook into some players. What would you say is the most important thing if you're setting up a new keeper league? Um, just get, agreeing on the rules early and sticking to them, I reckon. 
Um, we made a big mistake in our league. We, we didn't even set the number of keepers we were going to keep uh, before the season started. So we were still debating it halfway through the season. And I think that was a big uh, big problem. It still probably has its kind of hindrances today as well, where we kind of didn't think it through. Uh, sorry, think it through, but we've kind of stuck with it now. But yeah, we won't get into that too much. But I think another thing in keeper leagues um, is really important is the, the trade deadline. So you got to think about that a lot. So I reckon the earlier the trade deadline is the better because if you leave it too late, what you'll find is the top teams just end up taking all the older guns. So, for example, players like Sean Higgins, Isaac Smith, um, Mundy, Pendles, um, even though Pendles got injured, these guys can you know, average 80 to 90 like from the point they're traded in onwards. And what happens is like the teams at the bottom will um, trade out those types of players for the top team's young guns or whatever. And by the by the time that's happened, there's just a monster team at the top, and the the finals are decided. The grand finals essentially decided, you know, before you know, four weeks before finals even begin. So I reckon um, trade deadlines are a big ones in keeper league. I think that's an important thing to get right. Um, but yeah, like yeah, like I said, like you just want to have you want to have it while every team's still in the hunt, and not while you know people are just kind of getting ready for next season and stuff like that. And it kind of forces people to go to the trade table at the end of the year and draft a bit better as well and pay a bit more attention to the rookies as well. So, yeah, that's a couple of things. Just getting agreeing on the rules and I reckon, yeah, an early trade deadline is quite important. An earlier trade deadline. I like it. Yeah. And, and just lastly, do you have a general strategy around list retention? We know there's a lot of variance in the size of your keeper leagues. I might be keeping five. Obviously, you've got your, your dynasty leagues, which are, are massive list builds. Um do you, do you have a general strategy? Let's say for a, we're, we're going to be talking about a, a, a 12 team, 10 keeper, 10 team, 12 keeper sort of setup. Um, do you have a general strategy from that or is it just, um, you know, you pick your best player sort of thing? Yeah, so yeah, with the with the shallow leagues, so I'm in, I'm in three keeper leagues. One's a bit shallower, one's a real mid range, and then I've got like a dynasty style. And I guess the the strategy does vary for all three. Um, with the with the mid range, sorry, with the with the the low keepers, the shallow keeper pool, where you're only keeping 10 to 12. That's purely for me. Just keep your best players. Um, I don't go too hard at the rookies and stuff like that because it's, yeah, like we, you mentioned earlier, it's just so hard to pick who's going to be the next up and comer. And if someone's averaging like, you know, one of your best rookies is averaging, you know, 60, 70 towards the end of the season, it makes a hard case to keep it over, you know, your 10th best player who's probably averaging between 80 and 90, you know. And if you do that, you're kind of waiting for these younger players to come good, which could take three, four, five years, you know. And at the same time, there's going to be someone else in your league who just keeps stocking up on established players, who just keep cutting and dropping, trading in established players, and they'll never leave the top of the ladder. So um, you've got to kind of, yeah, I reckon in those shallower leagues, you've got to you've got to take the uh, the better scorers. But yeah, in some of the mid range ones, I guess you kind of look at where your team sits at the end of the year. And, you know, if you've got a good chance of, you know, flagging up, then you're going to go after the older players, the older, more established players in your league. Whereas if your team's, you know, stinking it up a bit and you need to kind of think about the future a bit more, that's when you uh, that's when you go after the younger players. So, yeah, it depends on the size of your list, um, your leagues. And then the dynasty is, of course, like, you know, you can just, you, you treat it like an AFL list. You can have your balance of good players and uh, younger players because you don't need a, you know, my dynasty, you only have to make three list changes a year. So, and generally they're retirees you can just get rid of as well. So you don't really have to go ahead of, you know, and cut someone that you don't really want to want to get rid of and things like that. So yeah, it depends on your depends on the type of league you're playing. But yeah, for those shallower ones, I generally say it's uh, just better to pick your better scorers, and then as you get deeper, you can start thinking about a bit more strategy of where your team's sitting, and you know, adjust accordingly from there. Yeah, and a, an easy easy change for you this year, Cam, with uh, Dom Tyson not being offered a contract. <laughs> it's it's uh, yeah, if he was a dynasty in my dynasty team then yeah, I'd absolutely, you know, still potentially keep him to be honest given given my history. Well, we did our uh, we did our NFL listener league draft this year and uh I had to pick up my boy Andrew Luck in the uh 17th round and he, he he's been retired for for 2 years. But he's still- <laughs> <laughs> he's my boy. What, what can you do? Uh we're going to rip into some players now. As I mentioned now we're talking Keep or cut players around the, the edges of your leagues, the shallow leagues that Hef was mentioning, somewhere between 100 and 150 keepers. Uh, we're talking about those 12, 10, 12, league, 12 team, 10 keeper, 10 team, 12 keeper style leagues, maybe a fraction shallower, fraction deeper. I don't think it's any surprise that a lot of these guys are, are in that D3, F3 uh, range, but I have tried to, to put together. Um, some of the more popular picks from the listeners, uh, maybe a couple who I'm battling with myself on my own keeper list that I'd like a second opinion on. Beth, <laughs> why don't you tell me about Jack Martin? He had a he had a probably not the greatest year. Uh, Eleven games, 
Average of 62, Dream Team, 68, Supercoach. Worst average since 2015. Uh, he'll be 27 in 2022, which uh, is Cam's magical age. Yeah, I've actually got that in my notes. The prime of his career I've got written here, uh, age 27. But, very good, uh, very good. Yeah, no, it was a shocking year for him. Injury affected, um, of course. They sat out for a large chunk of the year uh, towards the, the beginning there. But I think this year, injury affected players just struggled a lot more just given the shortened preseason. Um, you know, the season only wrapping up uh, end of October last year and then they'll straight back into it normal time March, back into full length games, all that sort of stuff. So I reckon that has a big impact, um, you know, on players that get injured early, especially because, you know, if you get injured early, you've just done your preseason, you basically have to start again. Uh, it depends on the injury, of course, but yeah, it can you can just, just keep you out of touch for a while. Um, before this year, though, Martin averaged 80, I reckon, every season from about 2017 onwards. So... I'd be inclined to keep him, I think. Um, just forwards don't grow on trees these days. Um, they're a lot harder to find, I think. You can you can punt a few, but he's just a player that I like who will keep forward status. So that's the thing that's killed me in the last couple of years is you have a quality forward lineup and then you'll lose three or four of them um, to position changes and things like that. So he's a player I think you shouldn't just have to worry about that going forward. And someone you can just lock in for generally an 80 average. You know, they're few and far between those type of guys. So, yeah, I don't mind Jack Martin. What are your thoughts? Yeah, he's. I like Jack Martin, the player. I was pretty hot on him this year. He feels to me like one of those guys. You know, they start out, like like you mentioned, um, you lose a bunch of players to, to midfield status. So when you come into your draft next year, his average sits sort of like the 15th forward. But you know yep. by the end of the year, he's not going to be the 15th forward. Yep. Um I like Jack Martin. I think he's an easy keep, personally, um, in those sort yeah, of Yeah, I leagues. agree. But he was one who bobbed up a couple of times for the listeners. Cam? No, no I agree completely. Probably, <clears throat> I, I reckon I could fence sit this and still get it right. Like, I feel like he's a D-list candidate at the same time as he's a keep. I'd feel more comfortable keeping him, knowing that he's got upside still, and he's 27. Amazing time to be alive. Jack Bowes, Cam, 19 yeah. games in 2021, yeah. 80 Dream Team, 82 Super Coach. I'm going to give the listeners these splits. You sure? You sure you want to do it? No, I don't. I, I don't. Maybe I don't. Oh, I don't. Oh, no, after you, sir. After you. He's 24. He's 24 oh. next year. My goodness. Take it away. That leaves another at least 24 years. Um, yeah, so he had, and we all know, right, he had a, a position change mid-season with his injury. Basically, they tried Lukosius on the wing for the first half of the season and then kind of said, well, we probably need his expertise down back. And that just happened to coincide with the fact that Jack Bowes got injured and then came back from that injury. Um, so the splits that uh, Steve was probably going to talk about, uh, he went at 97 Supercoach and 94 AFL Fantasy in the first half of the season when he was playing that lush kick-out plus-three role. And then as he returned from injury after the bye, he finished the remainder of the season 69 Supercoach. Nice. And 67 AFL Fantasy. Uh, so in my head, just sort of having a look at the list profile and who they've got back there and the guys that are going to come back in as well. I I just can't see him getting that kick-out role again. And I think you'll then see a, a score that sort of fluctuates anywhere between 55 and, you know, 80, which to me is probably a delist. 55? Yeah. I know it's low, but that's just what he popped out. Amazing. Hef, what, are you, what are your thoughts on Jack Bowes? Um, I think if you're relying on a player to just... Like, you know, solely take kickouts to score your points. Um, you're in a bit of strife with him. But that said, he does have the potential to actually, you know, pick up his game, get a few cheeky plus sixes across that half back line, that sort of stuff as well. I, I'm going to be honest, I don't watch a heap of Gold Coast. They're not the most uh, interesting team to watch. Sorry, Steve, I know you're a huge fan. But uh, yeah, it's it's hard to pinpoint what actually went wrong. I know there was a couple injuries in there. I think he, he did he get dropped later on in the season uh, for a week or so. Uh, he did, yeah. yeah. So he he, fin- he finished in the twos, and and yeah. actually, just uh, from a game perspective, so Lukosius prefers to take the game on a little bit and miss the cheeky plus six, which is where that sort of bows 
sort of floats around that center half back uh, slash back pocket. He just skips it completely and either goes down the line or through the mid. So that was where I think he was missing out on those plus sixes. Yeah, and I think, and then because he was taking the kick-ins and then Oleg Markov was someone that they generally tried to hit up in those cheeky little like plus sixes as well. So he wasn't part of the switch and all that sort of stuff as well. But yeah. I know that doesn't really you know affect him this year because you know he's only scored really well at the start of the year and that's when he was playing with Markov. So it's a hard one to pinpoint. I'll probably take the cop out and go, you'd have to monitor his preseason and have a look at how Gold Coast oh. play early on. But uh, yeah, look, uh, I, I don't, he's, he's borderline, borderline keeper did, for me. Did we get a guest? <laughs> On a fence. <laughs> yeah, mate. I didn't uh, know that you came with a fence. It's uh, you know, it's what the smart men do. You know, they uh, you, you don't have to be absolutes this time of year, mate. You can uh, take your time. Outcomes. Range of outcomes. <laughs> range of outcomes. Yes. It's not absolutes. Oh, that's right. Hang on. Okay. Yeah. Good one. Yeah. Jag bows. Tough to say. Tough to say. Yeah. Steve, what do you reckon? D list. Oh, I've got him. I fucking hate it. I hate him. <laughs> I might just not worry. I might not worry. They've got guys who are um they've they've got a lot of bits down there, but it doesn't seem like anyone's really taken it by the scruff of the neck. I, I would to I think if you're taking the kickouts it's it's a good thing. Um but it seems like Bose is the team kind of guy who might take the more defensive role. I know Will Powell's probably the better and, and it has an offensive side as well as defensive side. Um, but it feels like Bose will sacrifice his offensive game to for the betterment of the team, if that makes sense. I, I, I like him. I don't think he's a must-keep. It's If it fits your team, fine. But I think it's going to be team-dependent. Uh, we're going to talk about Tom DeConing next. Hey, I've had the 13 games, 60 Dream Team, 59 Supercoach. Uh, had a high score of 91 Dream Team and 97 Supercoach. He's 22 in 22, and he looks to be the future of the Ruck stocks at Carlton. Yeah, if we're if we're going back to that 12 keeper range, um, it, it's a tricky one because and Rucks are tricky in themselves, really, because it also depends on what else you have in the bank in your side. So, but the thing is, like with Rucks, you usually only keep one of them because you only play one on field, and if you're only keeping 12, you're not going to waste uh, having a second Ruck on your team if you can only you know, fill them on the bench. So it really, really depends on what else you got on your side. But yeah, if, if the Koenig's your number one ruck, you could make a case for, for keeping him. Um, I think he's kind, of, he's kind of listed as a forward as well. Um, and I reckon he should keep that uh, for next season because there was a few games late where he was like um, not 100% and he was playing up forward with uh, Silvani uh, doing a bit of chopping out for him as well. So he's a good chance of keeping that forward status. So if that's the case, um, th- there could be another element to keeping him there, but you just wouldn't want to rely on that long-term, another one that will probably lose that forward status if he uh, keeps it going forward. But um, yeah, look, he put up a couple 90-plus scores. Um and I did work it out. So he, he was playing with uh, Pitnet early on. And um, without Pitnet, he averaged uh, 71, just playing as the sole number one ruck. I did take out a, a score of 15 where he got injured real early in the game. And then he played half-bait the next game, but I kept that one in there. But, um, yeah, the thing with rucks, like, if you look at the um, if you look at the numbers, I think he is, like, if you just look at the rucks in general and how you rank them... Um, He's not anywhere near, you know, the top 10, the top 12 averages of last year. So if you're only keeping one ruck, like, and you're playing in probably a 12-team league, like, you could, you're probably going to get someone better off the, out of the draft pool, if I'm being honest. Um, and so that means you're going to keep someone, you're going to keep someone who's, you know, ranked, I don't know, what would he be, the 15th or so best ruck in the comp going into next season when you only play one and, you know, you only need one of the top 12 in your side. It, it makes it a hard case where you could probably pick up someone like Ned Reeves in a draft as well who's going to be a good scorer. So I think I do think he's going to be good. Like he, He'll be the number one ruck going forward. I don't think they have much intention to play two rucks at Carlton. Um, I think Pitnet was more of a stopgap uh, between Cruiser and waiting for someone like Dakoni to come on. But yeah, uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say probably no to keeping him at, the, at this point in time if you're only playing with 12 keepers. But it depends on what else you got in the bank as well, what other rucks you got on your list and that sort of stuff too. Because, um, yeah, you'll likely pick up someone who's probably going to average more than him next season um, in the draft pool. That's just my thoughts. Is it, is it, if, you, if you've got someone like a Nat Nui, for example, right? So coming on in age, you know, low time on ground. Um, Deconing sounds to me like the kind of guy that you'd want to pick up in the redraft. Is that right? 
Yeah, that's probably where I'd probably look to get him. Like he's definitely someone that he'll be available in a lot of redrafts yeah. as well. So you can, and that's quite often, you know, a strategy is if you if you can't make a case for him to keep him, just try to go go at him early in your draft as well. Um, but yeah, like if it was, you know, a 16 man, 17 man, you're keeping that many, that's where I reckon you're holding on to him. I reckon he's probably about the 14th, kind of 15th kind of range. But when you're only going 12, I reckon it's just probably a bit too much to, you know, to keep. You're probably going to give away something a lot better than him and you could replace him quite easily from the draft pool. That's the only thing I'm thinking. So massive redraft candidate unless he retains that forward status or maybe even if he retains that forward status yeah like it's it's yeah he'll score right if he's a forward because i I do think he'll be the number one ruck you know sole ruckman at carlton it's just he won't keep it long term so you'll end up with keeping two rucks if that's the case and then you got the same problem in the next year as well so yeah it's an interesting one um right now like i said if we're if we're saying solely keeping 12 i'm dropping him but if you're if you're playing in a deeper league which you know the listener that probably put him up is probably um, playing probably a little bit deeper than 12. So definitely make a case for him if, you, if you're keeping around 15, 16 range, I reckon. Yeah. We do love a, a ruck with forward status. Cam, Zach Williams, uh, first season in the Navy Blue, uh, was a complete bag of shit. 14 games, 71 Dream Team, 84 Supercoach. He's worst average since 2015. He'll be 27. <laughs> <laughs> Good age. Yeah, he's um. I don't know of everyone. I reckon, especially the. Jeez, oh, anyone across the board except for Matt Rowell, I reckon he had the most salary cap hype going into this season. Just because you know, two years ago in 2019, he absolutely just demolished in the midfield for what four games or something like yeah. that, and and set the fantasy world on fire and Carlton's. <laughs> You know, Stephen Silvani just got, you know, all sorts up, uh, caught up in that hype as well and, and overpaid for him a little bit. And they trialed him in the midfield early in the season and, well, not trialed, he played in the midfield early in the season, got about halfway through, had his injury, got suspended. Um, then he ended up shifting to halfback where he's been just kind of fine. I, I think it depends kind of what platform you're on, and Steve, I'll take your advice on this one a little bit, I think, from a super coach perspective. But in super coach, just historically, he's a sort of mid 80s defender, which feels okay. Like it kind of feels like that's a range where you'd probably keep. In AFL fantasy, geez, he's, you could probably redraft something better. And I, I really think that he's a good, I think that there's very low upside. To, to his scoring, he's probably going to, in the best case scenario, he averages 82 or 83. Is he a rich man's Adam Saad? Or former Gold Coast legend? Is he a rich man's Adam Saad? Like, he's is, a bit better scorer. Is he a poor man's Nick Hind? Oh, God. No, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Yeah, but for me, like, I, like, easy. I, I, 12, 12 keeper, I would actually delist. And if you've got a trade period before your draft, potentially try and trade him out. Because he's got some value, like name value. Yeah. Delist? Hef? Um, it's another another borderline one for mine, purely because like if you've got him in your side, you've probably taken him reasonably early. And when I'm looking at my keepers at the end of the year, I like to I think about my position, you know, make up a bit more. So, you know, if I'm keeping twelve, um, not great with maths, but you know, I probably want three defenders, three forwards. Um, what does that make? Six. Then uh, you want you know you ruck, and then probably five midfielders. Like I don't mind kind of going that kind of balance overall. And mm. if you're looking at your side like that, he's probably in your top three defenders um, in most sides. So. Another one that's borderline and, and depends solely on what you can, what's going to be in your draft pool, I think as well. But um, yeah, he, like he can't. He's the kind of guy that can average ninety. Like we saw that at uh, at GWS. But the thing is, there's just so many mouths to feed at Carlton um, now because, like you know, if you got Doherty when he's actually playing, like you know, obviously can be a fantasy jet. I know he's been down the last couple of years since his knee injury, but you got Newman who can go big. Now you've got Sard in there as well. It puts him down the pecking order a little bit. So I'd probably lean towards the list, but it depends on your team's makeup. That night, just that ninety that he averaged in GWS was completely <laughs> lifted by the one forties when he played in the midfield. True, um, that's true. So, I, I, I yeah, I. He could go in the midfield again year. at Carlton. 
Who knows? No. No, no, I really don't think he can. <laughs> yeah. There's not much else going on in there. Unfortunately, he's one of the uh, Portland old boys along with Jag Bowes. And I'm thinking, like, you're talking about team makeup. I'm just like, man, I'm going to punt all these motherfuckers out of my defense. <laughs> <laughs> are, you th- are you going to delist? Uh, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Sucks. Is that in the draft doctor's keeper league? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got, like, him and Scrimshaw and all these guys who are just, like, kind of good but realistically they're just bags of dick you'll pick up in the draft anyway <laughs> like why not just stack up on mids because you can't ever get mids mm. solid planning mm. <laughs> back to another Rockman. Gold Coast legend Jared Witts played the three games this year ripped his leg apart 86 dream team 87 super coach big man ACL, 29, next season. He's been very solid for years. Been very solid. What are you doing with him? I think you're keeping wits. Um, Injury-affected year, obviously, but you know when he's up and running, he basically averages 80 every year. Um, we know, we, we found out firsthand those uh, Gold Coast ruck stocks uh, don't you know go very deep um, this season. So when he's fit and firing, he's going to be scoring his fair share of points, I think, because he's you know the sole ruckman, um, and he's pretty handy one of that. And like you say, he's twenty eight, which is past Cam's magical age of twenty seven. Mm-hmm. But they rucks do tend to go on a bit. You look at your Nick Nat, your Goldstein, your Riders; they can kind of go on for a while. It doesn't you know even Mumford's you know I know he's not scoring that well, but he's still lasting and you know getting a few hitouts here and there. So he should have a few more years in him. It's the point I'm trying to make. So um, yeah, look. Unless you've got another Ruckman on your list that's up and coming, um, I wouldn't be cutting. You might want to look to trade him. Um, but if you can't get a deal done and which is your number one Ruckman, I'd be more than happy to hold that. I'll just throw out this, this scenario, not that it's probably very, uh, that it happens a lot. What if you've got, like, we know big men take a, take a, probably take a year to come back from the ACL, so you might be looking a, a year ahead. What if you've got Tom DeConing and Jared Witts? Yeah, I guess you're gonna have to monitor the preseason where he is in the in the injury stakes and where he's coming back. Um, like like I said before with DeConing though, like you won't you'll be able to pick him up in your redraft. Someone like Wits, especially if someone oh it depends because if you're playing you're only playing one ruck, so you, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tricky one. I still reckon you keep and then you pick up a stopgap until he's fit. I think so. You could just go to the draft and get someone like DeConing, and uh, yeah, you pick up somebody who's just gonna fill in the gap until he comes back. I think that's probably the smartest way to play it. Depends. I, if you're just, if you're pushing for a flag, you know, if your team's no good, then you might want to look about dropping. But yeah, sorry, you go, Cam. Can I just challenge a, a little bit? So just from a purely numbers perspective, right? So yes, he only played the three games. A couple of years ago he had that banger season where he hit you know, set the hit out record or whatever it was, and then he sort of regressed a little bit last year. And then he got injured this year. In this league that we're you know, the hypothetical lead league that we're talking about you know, 10 teams, 12 teams, whatever it is, there is, he, he averaged 86 in the three games, right? And if we head down to the 10th, that's Toby Nankervis at 83. With that context, do you still keep? Because there's probably, you know, Tom Hickey, 82, Tim English, 80, Ben McAvoy, 80, Reese Stanley, 78, you know, like some of those you're not going to feel confident in, but if you've got an up-and-coming mid who could potentially brain it next year and you're like, well, do I keep the rock? Maybe it's a D-list. Yeah, it depends entirely what you've got on your side, I think. And Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you, you could you could make a case definitely for keeping him just because, you know, he can be a top five ruckman. Well, he generally is a top three ruckman, really. Top yeah. four ruckman when he's up and about. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still leaning towards keeping because you, rucks can be hard to find. See, if you look at someone like, you know, Tim English... Below that, after Tom Hickey, like you're going to back Tom Hickey to back up that season. Tim English, we know what we think about Tim English. Um, so up and down the ruck. Then you, you're then you're dipping into Ben McAvoy status. You're, you're Reece Stanley, you're Oscar McInerney's after that. Like if and if your draft doesn't go your way and those kind of guys go early, geez, you could be staring into a black hole in your ruck. That's for sure. But th- that just means that others have thrown their rucks in, right? So it's it's not just wits at that point. So other people have tra- someone's thrown Nick Nat on the pile and someone's thrown Toby Nankervis on the pile. Like I I just think for the sake of three points, you're probably better off. You might be better off with you know keeping someone else. Yeah, it, it like it depends on your list, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of just locking a ruck away, like locking a decent one away, and just worrying about you know the rest. But yeah, it depends mm. on how he comes back from injury and all that sort of stuff, and how he's tracking over the preseason too. 
Yep. Pretty uh, fence sitting there, boys. Uh, I want definite answers. I like Jared Witts. I just um, my que- I, I think he's a really fair player to debate because the game sort of changed. It's a bit less contested. There's a few less hitouts to go around, and he's a guy who builds his score off hitouts a lot traditionally. Um, so I think he's a really interesting player to debate. Certainly, your team and league makeup will uh, affect what you do with him. Cam, he's a player I love. But he only played 13 games this year. 72 Dream Team, 70-odd Supercoach. Can he finally take the next step? He's 23 next season. Hunter Clark. Do, 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 do. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'd suggest he can. And for me, it's an absolute keep. I think there's opportunity at the Saints. I think they need a little bit of a different... Um, dimension in that midfield. They've got sort of Jack Steele as the prime in and under, Brad Crouch supporting him pretty ably. But then there's pr- probably a, a spot for a third, fourth, fifth mid to actually take the take the bull by its horns, and he can absolutely do that. Um, three tons in his first seven games or something like that, and four in Supercoach as well this year. And, you know, after his injury, it was basically like, you know, he, he copped that his jaw basically became a Pablo Picasso painting. And from there, it was a concussion straight away on return, right? So not not a, a really good opportunity for him to build some scores again. And they, they probably put him in a bit of cotton wool after that um, jaw as well because it kept him out for like six or seven games. So um, yes, keep permanent midfield switch is probably on. I think it's interesting if he loses defender status. Which, which what he does won't. he? I I would think he keeps it one more year, but it's still. I reckon it'll be pretty borderline. I reckon it'll be borderline. Ah, you're on drugs. Ah. What does the average cam as a full time midfielder? Oh, I'd, I'd like to back him in for a ninety next year. Well, if he keeps defender status, that's pretty handy. But then, like. Your ninety average midfielder in when you're keeping twelve, yeah, that's they're, it. They're pretty much dime a dozen. That's, that's the only thing. I'm exactly thinking. where I was going, right? And yeah. as soon as he loses that defender status, sort of. Uh, yep. Anyway, so if he maintains it, keep. If he does not, you know, probably I'd probably still keep because there's so much upside. Yeah, he might be one of those Isaac Smith types. When he has midfield only, he's you. You, you don't want him in your team. So you trade him out uh, six weeks into the season if you're not a flag chance. And then he gets the dual position and you go, you motherfucker. No, no, no. I'm saying he's got the dual position. <laughs> oh, and, sorry. And yeah, yeah, You're yeah. like, oh, he's just playing pure mid. I'm scoring well, but I'm not in the hunt. I'll trade him off and he's going to lose it the next year. God, we're not stupid, right? Yeah. Are we? S- no. Right? Yeah, yes. Definitely not stupid. We no. need a smoke break. Let's have a Marlboro. <laughs> Mar- the Marlboro Red. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he could be the next Dan Houston. Oh, why would you do that to him? Yes, yeah, is that man. a good thing? No, it's not. It's a, it's a oh my God, he's going to go big in the midfield. And then, oh, he's back at defender again. So. God damn. Doing Hunter yeah. Clark dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Hef, he's just besmirched your man. Uh yeah, well you know they all deserve to be besmirched after last night. So, is he your oh what Dan Houston? How did he go last night, Dan Houston? I, I can't remember a thing, mate. Uh, I was in shock. <laughs> told you, <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, apparently, Riley Bonner had a good game, but uh, yeah, couldn't tell you. I saw. He I saw had, someone. He put, had touches. So, yeah, <laughs> someone put Riley Bonner on blast today. Yeah, yeah. I saw that too. Oh, damn, take that. Have a good game. Pr- Pretty fair in that passage of play, though, if you watch it. It's a pretty, pretty shit effort, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. Is, is his role to go up there, or is he meant to stay back and you know pick up the scraps? I don't know. Anyway, I don't care. I'm over uh, it. You, you were at the game, weren't you, Hef? Uh, yeah, in What time in did body. you leave? In body. In body. <laughs> Mind tuned out yeah, yeah. very quickly. Yeah. What time did you leave? Uh, yeah, it was after about three-quarter time. Yeah, <laughs> I was done. Ah! Oh! No! Fair enough. Yeah. Look, I've been a member for... Time. I've been a I've been a member for uh, been a member for ten years. So I just yeah I just don't need to I don't need to put myself through that. You know, it's uh, it wasn't pretty. Imagine going to a game of football. <laughs> Let's, talk oh, about, no. Let's talk about a great Western Victorian. He only managed the nine games, 
Absolute uh, bag of dicks for a year. 50 Dream Team, 49 Supercoach. Injury plagued. Worst numbers of his career. 2020 had the BCV 88 and uh, 97 Supercoach. Jared Berry. Yeah, in this league, um, I'm going to stay straight off the bat. I'm throwing him back, I reckon. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's harsh, but that's pretty sensible, I think. Um, look, that Brisbane midfield, there's just a lot of mouths to feed. Like, there might have been different if Neil was leaving or something like that. We could, you know, find a yeah. find a case. But we know he's staying now. Um, and I just don't love midfielders that kind of don't have like a solid, you know, uh, you know, a role each week. They, he seems to play a variety of different roles. So sometimes he's inside, sometimes, sometimes he's outside, sometimes he's tagging, you know, sometimes he's out in a wing. Um, I just find it, it's just so insecure for them to, you know, score consistently and it's just hard to find a groove. So, and he's just one of those players that we've been waiting for so long. Like since we've been doing the pod, he's someone that kind of comes up constantly. Like when's it going to happen for him? When's it going to happen? And I'm sick of waiting. So, and, 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 and a player like him, I think if you're in your redraft, you'll find a replacement pretty easy someone with probably more potential or more scope to go bigger um, next year so you'll find someone who can easily match his average that's for sure but um, I reckon you'll find someone with more upside too in a draft so I'd just be taking a, a stab at a more up and coming type with your keepers and then go into the draft pool to replace Barry what do you guys reckon Jeez, I reckon he showed a bit late in the season especially in that semi-final where he um, scored the 37 AFL fantasy in 28 super coach yeah yeah. Makes it pretty easy, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but but you know, reflecting on what you said earlier, Hef, in regards to you know, basically, if you got injured earlier this year, yeah, you yeah. found it really hard to come back, and he he lasted all of one game, right? And then and he had no preseason; he had an abdominal thing, I think, in the preseason. Um, played a game out for three rounds, played two more games out for another ten rounds. Ugh. I reckon. Steve, like what you were saying before, midfielders can be pretty hard to come by, especially ones that you can keep in your team for a long time. And it could be him. He could be one that, you know, in two years' time, especially like if you can bide your time for a couple of years, Neil will definitely leave at some point. Zorka will retire. There's, there is openings coming. Oh, I love Jared Berry. I just, oh, I'm with Hef. I don't actually think he's a must keep. I think he's going to be a great salary pickup next year. Um, but what you said, Cam, things will open up. But that's going to be a couple of years. Like we look, if you look back at the draft doctor's tweet history, a few years ago, I said Took Miller's going to be a great fantasy player if he ever gets the role. Now, granted, over those three years, you might have to go through a few uh, Harvest Lane induced Saturday nights. Now, you will get to that Took Miller tweet though. But it's all about the role, man. And, and like Heffer's saying, there's there's a Brownlow medalist. Jared Lyons is blowing it up. Hugh McClug's just blowing it up. Like. It, there's, there's really good players, um, Zach Bailey. He's the midfield version of Jack Bowes to me, where he might be a really good player, but that doesn't necessarily equate to a good fantasy score on a week-to-week basis. But he will be a hot salary cap pickup next year, I'm sure of that. Yeah, I, even though I was saying, you know, doing the sort of devil's advocate side of things, I would actually cut. Yeah. yeah. My thoughts are just like, if you're looking at, you know, you could replace him like with someone that you might be able to jump on, you know, a kind of breakout type player, like someone like a, you know, Jeremy Sharp might be available or a Trent Rivers or something like that. I know that's a, that's a defender role, but, or, you know, Chad Warner, someone who might, you know, go bang next season coming into their third, fourth season type thing. Um, I'd probably rather take a punt on a player like that than try to get Jared Berry to go, you know, to, the, to where we want him to get to. I'd, yeah, I can mm. see one of those types, you know, getting one of those younger players that are going to be available in this, you know, hypothetical league. Um, taking a punt on one of those guys to go bigger than trying to wait for him to come good, if that makes sense. Yeah, and you like those oh, guys, like Steve, you, yeah. you were talking about Justin McInerney being one of your hits. Yeah. Like he'll probably be available in, in yeah. this hypothetical, imaginary, splendiferous league. Heifer, just out of curiosity, right, on the, on the breakout tracker on the Keeper League website, yeah. Jared Berry would just look like total shit after this year, right? Um, oh, I haven't actually, not a player I look up too often, but I've got it in front of me right now. I will have a quick look for you. Jared Berry, what we compare him to the top uh, 20 midfielders? Look, yeah, he's dipping well <laughs> below now. He was he was, oh, he was on track uh, after 44 yeah. games, so the start of, you know, halfway through his halfway through his total game so far, but he's definitely heading downwards now, that's for sure. Wrong direction there, Jared. Maybe yeah. he's a Jeez. good, uh, maybe he's a good pickup for a rebuilding coach. Take a, yeah. uh, Take a pun on. Yeah, perhaps. Anyway, 
Cam, looking at the other end of the spectrum, someone who had a really good year, uh, aside from the finals where they, you know, didn't play. Uh, Brandon Ellis had the 18 <laughs> games. Well, he was having a good year. In 93 Dream Team, 89 Supercoach, uh, we, we take away those couple injury games at the end of the year. It was 102 and 97. Seems old. Um, 28, though. So 29 next August. Not super old, um, but, but getting longer in the tooth. What are your thoughts? Brown Ellis. Keep. Yeah. Keep. Yeah, it, just those averages without the injuries, 102, 97. It's his best averages since 2015 uh, when he had a, a bit more of a similar role at the Tigers. I think he, you know, his first season at the Suns was not great, but he's shown improvement year on year. And I, I think regardless of who's coming back, he's probably got one of those wings on lockdown. Knows that if on the ball, can take a mark. You know, I'd feel confident in just saying, you know, even if he averages sort of 93 plus, it's better than what you'll find on the, the wire. And also, his ceiling this year was phenomenal. He, he ended up with 169 one week, which is just... Nice. Plus. Very <laughs> big nice. Big nice. Yeah. So just um, a straight so yeah, out keep. keep. Straight out keep. I, I find it really hard to believe that you get something better off the wire. He's one of those guys who feels older than he really is, though. Like he yeah, feels he's like been he's around 30. forever. He, he feels like he's 32, doesn't miss games. But he looks like he's 32 as well. It doesn't do him any favours. Really? Yeah, he looks old. You're rating... Mm. He looks like at least as old as Hef. With the beanie? <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Hef, the only person who has hair follicles on the show, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hate to see it. <laughs> uh, Brandon Ellis, um, yeah, I'm surprised he's even, you know, being brought up here. I think um, since he's gone to Gold Coast, he's... Yeah, I guess he had one of his better seasons last year, and then he's kind of improved it again. So, yeah, I I I find it harder to drop him. Like I find it hard to make a case of dropping. To be honest, I'd, I'd be keeping him. Jared Jared Lyons and Tom Mitchell made the the listener request, so like you, you know, there was a bit okay. of sifting going on. Was he in your team or something, Steve? And we've got to nut this one out for you. Or? I wish I had Brandon Ellis. Yeah, Fucking I'm not going to comment on that because I may have delisted him last o- year. Holy Florence <laughs> type areas for. For my midfield. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, Ollie Florent, no, D-list. I think, I think I got rid of him. I've got Matt Rouse stinking it up in like M7 <laughs> these days. Anyway. Last but not least, uh, yeah, man, Nick Hine. 22 games, really blew it up. 84 Dream Team, 93 Supercoach. Mature recruit, switch clubs, and absolutely blew it up. Hef, um, I think he's a really interesting guy. He's interesting, um, that's for sure. Uh, obviously, he's going to lose his forward status, which is probably what made him a bit more valuable this season. But I still think you make a case to keep him. I'm just having a look here. So he's ranked 88th best player overall in the competition this year. So when you're talking 12, 12 keepers, he's definitely going to be in your top two or three defenders going into next season. Does he perform the same way next season? You think about it, you've got Heppel, you've got Ridley back there. They're going to eat into his scoring from time to time, but at least he's not a player that kind of relies on the kick-ins too much and stuff like that. He's more that run-and-dash type player off the halfback flank. Plays the right sort of game for fantasy, definitely. Um, yeah, and look, we look at last season. like He started pretty well, had a dip in the middle. I think he came good at the end, though. He had back-to-back 100s in his last two games. I think he missed the final due to uh, being in quarantine, something I am very familiar with. Um, not missing any finals, but uh, being in quarantine. Uh, anyway... Um, but yeah, I think you've got to back him in to do it again. Um, I think Essendon are an up-and-coming side. They'll need players like him to perform like this again if they're going to improve next season, which I think they can. So, yep, I'm on the I'm on the keeper bandwagon for Nick Hine. What do you boys think? I'm cutting. You're cutting? Whoa, I was waiting for it. I knew Ruthless. you'd zag. I knew you would zag on this one. Well, I didn't have a strong take. It's just like he he sort of – he was a top 30 defender in AFL Fantasy if you, if you put him against the defenders – my my thoughts are that Ridley played so much key. I don't think they're going to let that happen again. Like he he was playing so defensive. I, I think they're going to try free him up, and, and that'll eat into Hines scoring a bit. And they've uh, going to take uh, Kelly as well, apparently. So um, that could free him up a bit more too. So yeah, I don't know. It's it's interesting because Hines not an inset marker as well, right? Yeah, he'd be the guy that Ridley dishes off to to get the run. But 
So, I don't know. Keep for mine. Yeah. Fair enough. All good. Happy days. That's nine players we debated right there. We do have some questions from the listeners. Boys, jump in whenever you feel like it. If you've got a straight, strong take, just yell at each other. <laughs> Greg asks, he's got Jack Billings, Tim Kelly, and Jack Martin. He's a top four team, but only a four-player bench. So, what's the What's the question? So he's trying to keep... Who does he keep? Which one of those three? Jack Billings, Tim Kelly, Jack Martin. Jag Martin. Jag Billings. Prob- it's probably still Tim Kelly. Yeah, I agree. you got to go with the class in that, in that situation, I think. Um, and at the top of his game, he's a primo. Is Jack Billings going to keep forward status? Or he picked mm, it up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, actually, I pulled all the um, champion data... Uh, positions so like on the AF website they kind of up, keep it pretty updated and they've got him classed as a sole midfielder um, at the end of the season so that's a little indication I guess of what he might be classed as next season. I was I was actually wondering whether we we should do a position change show with you or or a keeper show because I saw you did that and and I love that sort of stuff um, but I've looked at it over the years and it's like it's a like I, and I think you said take it with a grain of salt right it's, yeah it did. Um, yeah it's um you know. Fallible, we'll put it that way. Um, it, it could get it. Who knows? Who knows? I know. You know. The more I think about it, like he wasn't really standing out in their midfield. Um, and if you probably look at where the starting positions, he probably wasn't starting in the guts as much as he could have been. So, I think that's that all comes into account when they're picking the fantasy positions as well. So, yeah, there's there's a case for a forward status. If he gets it, it's going to be an interesting prospect, especially if he moves clubs as well, which looks pretty likely. Um, you think if he moves clubs, he does go back into a full time midfield role somewhere else. So. But yeah, I still think you've got to go with Kelly. Sure. Uh, Ninja Spoon asks, he doesn't play keepers yet, but where would someone like Dangerfield go if he doesn't keep forward status? So would you keep him or, or pull him in this I hypothetical would, league? I would probably, in this hypothetical league, I think you've still got to keep him. Uh, yeah, it's a tough one because he didn't have the, didn't have the best season, but... Oh geez, that's that's a tough one. I think you're keeping still. Um, not not a lot to like of you know data to go by, or not a lot of evidence as to why I would. But as just a bit of a gut feel, I think someone like play a player like Dangerfield's class, and he's every chance of getting the forward status back as well. Like as soon as, soon as someone goes down, like you know we saw with Cameron going down, played a bit more up forward this year. Um, he'll probably get it back. He's a likely type to actually just keep forward status, and yeah, I don't think he's actually going to lose it to be honest. But yeah, I'd be keeping. Keep. Yeah. Yeah. Do the opposite of Cam. <laughs> Simon asks, 10-team, 12-plus-three rookie keepers, which two of Jay Anderson... Oh, man, is that... Well, Jay Anderson, Yo, Cogs, Viney, would you keep... Is that Jed? Yeah, it'd be Jed. Yeah, Jed. God. Yeah. Jed, Yo, Cogs, or Viney, would you keep? Yo and Cogs, probably, for me. Yeah, yo, Cogs or Viney. Does Cog, is Cogs getting forward status in this hypothetical? <sighs> That's what I'm banking what, on. What do you think? What do you think I am, Warney? <laughs> the guy who pulls all the uh, pulls all the shots. Um, I'd, I'd love to get. I love Jed Anderson, and I know you guys do as well on this podcast. Um, I'd, I'd like. I like the idea of keeping Jed Anderson, but it's a no. Um, yo, Cogs. I'm going Cogs, but he's getting forward status. Can I do that? Yeah, sure. Wait. And your second one? Oh, sorry, I have to keep two. Yeah, yeah sorry. Two. Um, yeah. Yo and... Yeah, yo. It's got to be yo. Bounce back next season. Uh, yeah. And he also asked Robertson... I sh- hmm. Is that Devin Robertson? I assume so. Jeremy yep. Sharp or Flynn as rookie? Uh, Sharp for mine. If you, if you need a ruck, not a bad hold. Hey, hey. Hey, what's, what season is it next year? Pro season. Pro God season. Damn right it is. Must keep three of... <laughs> see, this is what I'm saying. Must keep three of Jared Lyons, Cam Guthrie, Tom Mitchell, Jag Bowes, Matt Kennedy, Jaden Stevenson. Rebuilding. Keep, doesn't matter if you're rebuilding, keep the first three. Yeah. Yep. Right. <laughs> yep. Um, Coxie wants to know... Toby. Well, he just says names. It's Toby McLean, Zach Fisher... 
Charlie Curnow. Um, I guess. Did he want us to discuss them or? Well, I don't know. It was a terrible way to phrase it, Cox, because you're a terrible man. (laughs) It's. I mean, they're they're three players. They are. They are guys. Yeah, Yeah. they wouldn't be on a list, so we can't even talk delisting because they're not. There's no way they're on a list. I reckon I probably got Toby McLean on mine. Yeah, I've got Zach Fisher. That says more about your team, though, Steve. It really does. No yeah. lies detected. Uh, Punchy asks, Gaff, Brad Crouch, and O'Meara fighting for the last spot. 10-team, 12 keepers, 3 rookies. And could also consider letting Nank go. Has deconing as a rookie. Ooh. So let's go for those first three. Uh, so there's Gaff, Brad Crouch, and O'Meara for the last spot. Unless he lets Nank go. Which, yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, is Gaff going to bounce back to what he was, you know, prior to this year, or is he done? He's just who he is, isn't he? Like this is lower the expectations. Yeah, West Coast as well. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm expecting the same from them going forward as well. They're going to be the powerhouse that they have been over the last few years. I'm pretty skeptical. He still averaged what 90, 97, I think it was this year, Gaff. So it seemed like lower because he was just he was know. fine. He was fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he just had like a patch in the middle where he just didn't turn up for yeah. like six weeks and that's kind of puts me off. But then you see Brad Crouch basically do the same thing. Um, I'd probably, to be honest, I'd probably lean towards, if you've got Nank as your ruck, I might even lean towards that decoding option as your rookie and just go with the Crouch and Gaff, I reckon, if that's the possibility. Yep, times two. Yeah. I like O'Meara. I don't know who I'd drop out of the other two though. So, But I'm with you in dropping I- Nank. Yeah. The, the older the older O'Meara gets, the more degenerative knee springs to mind. Like they said that when he was like twenty two. Fits my <laughs> list build. It's, <laughs> it's, it's coming. It's yeah. Uh, and he also has uh, Nash, Newcomb, Rivers, and Hollands fighting for the final rookie spot. Uh, Rivers for more. Our Lord and Savior, Connor Nash. Oh, I said she. Yeah, sorry, I didn't factor that in. I guess with the he'll keep forward status, won't he? Yep. Oh, that's a tricky one. Yeah, you got to go Nash because he's probably actually put up the scores towards the end of the season over Rivers. Come to the church. Yeah, yeah, Nash. Then fine. Love a three-game sample. Good times. <laughs> no, that oh, can't go wrong. Never. With yeah. a new coach coming in. Oh no. Flip a coin between Nash and Rivers for mine. Mrs. Fizzas, is it me? It is not you. Jake the Mac asks, Jack Martin, Oleg Markov, and Nick Hind can only keep one, though. Hind would be the easy choice as a forward, but doubt he keeps the forward status. Um, Hind, for me, out of those three. I think Hind's going to be the best scorer out of the three, so I'll just go with that, yeah. I'd, I'm going to keep Martin. <gasps> Big sucker for Jack Martin. You are you just sound a like it. softy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alex, uh, oh, fucking Alex, come on, man. There's like 20 players here. Is it Petropolis? <laughs> nah. Oh. No, nah, Alex, is, Alex is, he's been with us for, um, I think, since the early days. Uh, he's got Ainsworth, Jack Higgins, Will Powell, Jacob Wiedering, Trent Bianco, TDK. Already got three defenders, four mids, two rucks, two forwards. I'm keeping, we keep 13 in a 12-man league. Rucks are Darcy and Jackson. So, I don't know what he's asking. He's got Chuck Brandon Ellis in there as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, Chuck Brandon Ellis. Yeah. I don't know. What are you asking, Alex? I think he wants us to pick. So, we've got to do the math here. So, what is he locked in? So seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. He's locked 11. in eleven. So, he needs so to pick two, two more. out of those. Yeah. And he's got Brandon Ellis. Oh, no, sorry. Brandon Ellis is somebody who's considering putting back. Well, I reckon you keep Brandon Ellis. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Yep. That's one. So we just got to pick one out of Ainsworth, Higgins, Powell, Wiedering, Bianco, and Tom DeConey. Is it one hmm. or two? Uh, I don't know. Let's give him two. Let's give him okay. two options. Let's give him two. All right. Um, if he's only keeping two forwards, where do we sit with Higgins? Like, because he showed this year he can actually score. If he's playing sole forward, he can put up like an eighty odd. I'm not. I think Will Will Powell is someone I think I'd I'd probably like to have on my side, but he's already got. He's only got three defenders. I'd, I'd keep the Gold Coast boys. I'd keep Ainsworth and Powell. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. 
unless TDK has forward status, that's that's going to be the like you sort of talked about before. Yeah, just I I just don't like these. Only got two forwards. I, I hate going into a draft trying to pick up a whole forward line. Although it's well, a pretty Ains, shallow Ains league. Be a forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's a um, it's a pretty shallow league though as well. So there should be a few available. But uh, yeah, like I had the same dilemma last year where I was going into it was either drop all my forwards and try to pick up four, um, where you know the top th- uh, three hundred players have already been kept, um, or try to keep a few stragglers like your your Blakeys like I did last year, and your uh, yeah. It just didn't turn out very well, that's all. So I'm just reluctant to, you know, go into a season or go into a draft when you've only got a couple forwards. So yeah, I think Ainsworth solves that problem. And then Powell looks like he's got the potential to actually be a, a bit of a fantasy gun, so probably go with that. And I'd say my worry with uh Higgins is Gresh coming back. That's true. Yeah. So um good player, the old Gresh. Um Alex, no, we're done with you. Tappy asked, Dunstan, Jared Berry. Jeremy Sharp, Zach Williams, 12 teams, keep 16, two spots available. So Dunstan, Berry, Sharp, and Zach Williams, two spots. Probably should have looked at these before we uh, yeah, start the pods. We're going to think about it. Gut feel, shoot from the hip. No, shoot from the hip. I'm going to go with Sharp and uh, Dunstan if he changes clubs. Dunstan? Yep. Like the other two don't really make a compelling case for Berry and Williams. Um, Sharp, we saw as a you know an early career player, put up some pretty good numbers this year. So I'd, I like that pick. And yeah, I'm probably going to say the same, Dunstan, because of the scoring potential. If he moves to another club, he could quite easily you know average a hundred. He's right. Okay, if we're going to talk about range of outcomes, oh, yeah. it could it no, could be VFL or I don't think there is true. a range. There's no range. It's either you're shit or you're good. It's not like he's going to chug along and score ninety. Like you know what I mean? He's either in or out. Yeah, which means you've got two. You've got a range there, Steve. Oh, well, what's Zach Williams's range? <laughs> you, you tell me what Zach Williams and Jared Berry's range of outcomes is. Hef just told me Jared Berry can play twenty-seven different positions on the ground. <laughs> That's a range. That's, That's a, a range. range. Yeah. That sucks. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, who are you who are you taking? Me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm probably with you on Sharp. I'd I'd probably lean either Barry or Williams, depending on what the rest of my squad look like. I love Dunstan, but I just see him being the first guy out when things go south. If you can guarantee him a game each week, like he can put up some pretty phenomenal numbers. Like he had a 140 this year. Man, I, I love four I tons. Love Dunstan. I love Dunstan. Not a like it's like you guys hit. On, like say this. Like here's a good example, right? Um, you guys really hit on Ben Keys. That was like a huge hit, right? Everything broke his way. And like the second half of the year for Luke Dunstan, everything broke his way, got the role. And we know he scores when he gets the right role, right? So to me, these second tier, I shouldn't say second tier, but you know what I mean? Like sometimes guys are good enough, but they don't get the opportunity because there's so a weakness in the game, whether it's the kicking, leg speed, blah, 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 whatever the coach doesn't like. As soon as they put into the role, they score well, but often they're just they're, they're not even getting a game. I think with Dunstan though, he's shown more from a fantasy perspective than someone like Keys has. So if you can guarantee him a game, whether that be at a new club, then yeah, I reckon he's someone worth taking the punt on because it it will be like a, he could potentially have like a Keys like season if he can guarantee a spot. Where would he have to go? Like because I'm trying to think off the top of my head who has the need for a Dunstan. Everyone has and a Dunstan. It, that, that's yeah, my that's point. That's, is, that's yeah, where I'm getting that to, true. right? Like Fiorini, yeah. right? Fiorini finally gets... He, he's back in, bang, 100, 100, 100, 100, right? Yep. That maybe that's a better comp. Mm. So, I don't know. I don't it know. still hasn't changed my answer. Like, I'd be interested to see where he lands. Fair and enough. then make a call. Yeah. I suppose, I suppose with a guy like that, you don't have to play him through the stretches of 65. Because he's not in... <laughs> what does that make sense? No. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Just gotta hope you got a, you got a good cover on the bench. That's all. <laughs> um, TJ asks: Weedering, Parfit, Sarong, Hunter, Clark, Andy McGrath. Jesus. Again, I don't. So we we were just picking one out of those. I don't know. I... Um... Oh, I I can't see myself dropping Sarong at this point. Yeah, I'm the same. Sarong. Yeah. Okay, let's say in this hypothetical league, Jacob Wiedering. 
uh, you'll get like you'll get you'll get someone like him in the draft. No worries. Parfit. Yeah, dime a dozen. Yep. yep. It's wrong. We're keeping Hunter Clark. We spoke about Andy McGrath. Interesting. Uh, I think just with Parrish stepping up this year, it just puts him down a bit. And again, like he's not going to hit those heights that we once thought he might get to. Yeah, I'm yeah, gonna go. Can't... I'm gonna go so wrong. Just potential upside there. Yeah. Cutting Andy McGrath. Rob asks, Bolton, Rosie, Wits. Man, Bolton Keep... was weird, right? Yeah, it was super weird. What first half of the year completely dominated. Second half of the year went full, um, full Richmond, uh, full Jack Bowes. Yeah. There's worrying signs when Hardwick's saying he wants him to play forward. It's just, you know, injuries didn't allow him to. But every time Bolton plays forward, he just he just doesn't do it for us in fantasy. And you saw in the last round as well, like, I think they played a bunch of kids through the midfield and didn't play Bolton through there as well. So there was a perfect chance, like, you know, just a game where their whole midfield is essentially injured and they still didn't run Bolton through the midfield that much. So, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards wits because, like, you're guaranteed one of the top, you know, five players at, at a position, but still you might be able to find another ruck elsewhere. Rosie's an interesting one. I know last night, uh, you know, people probably aren't holding him in uh, too much favour, but he's a player I can see being an 80 average forward if he gets a good run at things. So, yeah, but Bolton's probably got more of the runs on the board. I'm going to go with wits out of those three, though. Rosie. <coughs> yeah, I'm, I'm Rosie too. Yeah. It's a tough one. I just think like if there's, you're going to get more points out of wits or in a position where, you know, where you're going to have to kind of make up points against an opposition that's going to have, you know, a similar caliber type player. Mm-hmm. I, I actually see it the other way. Like, I, I think you'll replace what wits will do pretty easily. Um, whereas forwards, I think, are kind of thin. And that, that's where I was getting to. Earlier, I agree right? with like, that. It's more so. It's more so. You're just gonna have to find another ruck that's gonna average eighty. And in a in a ten team league, yeah. there's probably two on the waivers. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, that was a good pod. Really appreciate you coming on, Hef. I'm I'm, I'm drinking yeah. my first ever uh, remedy kombucha. We know you guys are cape for them pretty hard. Uh, you're sharing one as well. I've got the ginger and lemon. Not I've a bad cup. I've gone there. It's not. I've gone the cherry plum tonight. Cam, not... you, Cam, you received a shipment of uh, Remedy Kombucha, if I'm not mistaken. You've sold out I to did. the devil. I did. I did, and it was delicious. Yeah. I, yeah, I definitely don't have any left, though, because, you know... It's I so good you drank it all. Quickly. Yeah. That's right. I'm not buying any more. It seemed a bit overpriced. Um, <laughs> I can buy a 75-cent uh, diet ginger ale. You're not supposed <laughs> to pay for it. <laughs> and I've got these little... Bad boys. These are beer and kombucha lagers because uh, I wanted to go full brand for the guest, and, okay. and these were these were horrendous. Yeah, I'm, I'm not were, sure if that's the combo I'd be going for. They were uh, five dollars forty though. <laughs> Look, if 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 it was a remedy product, I'd consider. But yeah, <laughs> wait, five forty for the four pack for the four pack. <laughs> it's all right. That's all right. That's fine. That's harvest levels. That's that's pretty good. I think I'd I'd rather the harvest. Yeah, okay. yeah. Anyway, thank you very much to Hef for joining us. Where can everyone find you and the Keeper League hashtag brand? Oh, uh, yeah, you can find me personally on Twitter uh, at Hef uh, underscore KL. But yeah, Keeper League Pod is the podcast I am a co host of, and that's uh, at Keeper League Pod um, on all the socials. And then keeperleaguepod.com.au to check out all the stats and articles and other things we got going on there. Absolutely fantastic brand. Thank you so much for joining us, Cam. You are also here. Listeners, we'll see you next week. Oh, thanks, lads. Thanks for listening to the Draft Doctors Podcast. For more tips and in-depth analysis, head over to thedraftdoctors.com.au. 